Well, hello. How are you? Welcome. Welcome to the Ask the Garden Geek podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. This is not the radio show. As a matter of fact, this one is a special podcast only. You, you will notice, or if you haven't noticed, you should have noticed, that uh, the last 11 episodes of the podcast have actually been segments of the radio show that I put together. But today, I'm just putting together a podcast. Now, in November, it'll only be a podcast because the radio show will be done and over with. And uh, it'll just be the podcast, which is good. I'm looking forward to it. By the way, the podcast today is brought to you by, oh no, the Ask the Garden Geek Garden Journal. What you said? I said the Ask the Garden Geek Garden Journal. I I have always kept a journal. Uh, I, I have always kept a journal for all of my landscape. Now, I don't keep a journal and talk about, you know, all my personal stuff. I, I, I just have never done that. I, I never, and I probably should, but I never have done that. But I have always kept a garden journal. And what do I keep in my garden journal? Well, one thing, I have a layout. Of, I kind of sketch out my property, Okay front yard, backyard, where the house is, where the driveway is, where the sidewalk is, and where all the trees are. And I was looking back at the journal of this house when I first bought it 13 years ago. And there was a big grapefruit tree in the backyard. It's not there anymore, but that was in my journal. There it was. And uh, there was all, there was no fence at that time. When I bought the house, there was no fence. And there was a big tree out in the backyard. So then you saw, as the journal goes on, my plans for the landscape. Now, the plans for the landscape in another diagram showed me Xing out the grapefruit tree relatively quickly. And probably if you listen to the show for a long period of time, you know that right after I moved into this house, I had a terrible rat problem. I mean, just the most god-awful rat problem in the world. So I felt as though getting rid of the grapefruit tree would go part of the way of getting rid of my rat problem, and it it helped. Uh, So that was the first thing I did. I I went out there. I actually made a couple of videos about the tree at the time and uh, never put them online, but I just made them, you know, to edit and do videos. And then one day, I went out there with the chainsaw, and I cut all the branches, you know, because at that time, they had a limit on how much stuff the city would take away. So I went out and I cut all the branches down. I mean, just most of the branches down. Hauled out to the street, you know, tied them all together. And that was what I was allowed to get rid of. Next week, more. You know, and then the final week, I finally cut. I, I cut down uh, right down to the ground level. I, I cut down. And so then there was a big X in the diagram. I'd gotten rid of that tree all by myself. It was gone. I had the trunk to deal with. And in the journal, you'll see my notes about how to get rid of the trunk. And then as you follow the journal through, I talk about the progress of getting rid of the trunk. And, you know, there are, I could have hired somebody to come in with a chipper to get rid of the trunk. But no, instead, I just decided to do it in a natural way. And I remember the way my brother got rid of the trunk of a grapefruit tree in his yard. And that was just dumping charcoal all all over it and lighting it every day and just burning it down. It it took him a long, long time. 
Well, I did a little research and I said, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do some other stuff too. And first thing I did is I took a five eight inch drill and I drilled a, as many holes into that thing as deep down as I could. I got to tell you, that was a hard job. I'm just going down that thing. And then I took all of those holes and I filled them. I was either going to fill them with salt, but I happened to have some disodium octoborate tetrahydrate, which is a liquid form of, or a powder form of boric acid that is soluble. And I dumped that in all of the holes. I just jammed that in all the holes. I was taking like a pencil end and just jamming it in there. And then I added a little bit of water to it. And what I should have done, uh, I should have used vegetable oil with it. I, I learned that later, but I didn't do that. I just, I just did this, sprinkled some water on it, and let it sit there for about a month. And then I started doing the charcoal thing. Started doing that. And the disodium octoborate tetrahydrate started really breaking down the wood really, really well. And I figured it was probably, it took my brother two years to get rid of his trunk. I had the trunk totally wore out within about six or seven months. And I remember walking out that there one day and I was shaking it with my foot and it was moving around rel relatively well. And I just, uh, I, I had a crowbar in my backyard. I had a very large crowbar in my backyard for a project that my nephew was doing. And I don't even remember what it was, but I remember the crowbar. And I said, and he had left it in the backyard and it was rusty and it was a big crowbar. And I took that crowbar and I jammed it underneath there and that thing just popped right out, you know, like a pimple, popped right out, gone. There was my trunk, gone. So I was just as delighted as could be. And I took it and threw it in my garbage can, and I said, hmm, this crowbar's got to go too. So I you know, then decided to throw the crowbar away, but then I said, you know what? Somebody might want to use that for scrap. And I, I knew that a neighbor did scrap, so I stuck it in my laundry room. This is terrible. I, I hate doing things like this. You know that was in my laundry room until last year? That thing sat in my laundry room until last year, when I had uh, some other stuff that I was going to give to my neighbor for scrap because he scraps, you know, and I walked over and I gave him the other stuff and I said, wait a minute, I got one more thing. And I went in my laundry room and it was behind the dryer, reached back there and got it. It was all rusty, but it was heavy. It was really, really heavy. And I gave that to him. And he says, oh, why are you getting rid of it? I said, I only used it for one thing. He goes, oh, okay. I said, you yeah, know, it's, it's all yours. Well, he didn't scrap it. He kept it. He cleans it off and he kept it. You know, he uses it. So eh, good for him. I just didn't want it anymore. But you know, all of that, getting back to what I was talking about, is all of that went into my journal. I had a freeze one year. And in my journal, I talked about all of the adverse things that happened to several of my plants because of the freeze. I lost several plants. I mean, it was a hard freeze. We haven't had a hard freeze since then. And I X'd out all of the, the you know, I'd made another diagram of the house. I probably made, in my journal, I probably made 13 different diagrams of the house at one time or another. But I X'd out all of those plants, and then I wrote in what I wanted to replant. And, uh, you know, that is essentially, I've always done that. And then I also put my square footage. I, I wrote the square footage of the front yard. I wrote the square footage of the side yard. And I wrote the square footage of the backyard so that I knew how much fertilizer to use. Always had that down for the amount of fertilizer that I was going to use on the lawn. And because I had the square footage, I knew exactly how many pounds of whatever fertilizer was going into the back. 
So, or into the front. And into the back, it was all Argentine Bahia grass. Uh, I knew that I had to use a lesser amount of fertilizer there than in the front yard. And then one year, I decided I was going to replace the backyard with Bermuda. So I went out and I sprayed the backyard with Roundup and killed the whole thing off. And then I got sick. I, yeah, that's when I got sick, right after that. And I, was, I could not do any of that stuff for a long time. And guess what grew back? A bunch of weeds grew back, but a lot of grassy weeds grew back. And surprisingly enough, you know, it looked like a little bit of Bahia back there. So I just all of a sudden went and I bought a, a bag of Bahia seed. And I went out there with my little green spreader and I threw the Bahia seed down there. Not, you know, I said, I'm not going to water it. If Thank God I did it during the raining season. And the Bahia just kind of took off back there. But I noted it in my journal when I did that. I could always go back to that in the journal as to what I, you know, what problems I had. I had a very bad mole cricket problem in my backyard, as did my next door neighbor. Happened. I noted that in the journal. And I treated for the mole crickets in my yard and also in my neighbor's yard, backyard. And, you know, took care of the mole cricket situation. All of these things I noted in the journal, and I've always kept it there. I, you know, my journal was filled up. Well, I'm doing some publishing things now on the side. Since I can't go out and dig in the garden the way I used to because I've got this, this thing going on where I get dehydrated very easily, which is just slowing me down. So I sat down, and as I was learning about publishing, I, oh, my phone just made a noise. As, as I'm learning about publishing... Most people would edit that out. I'm not. You know, phones happen. I didn't shut the volume off. I figured, you know, what the heck. So you heard it. Now you're part of it. Anyway, uh, as I'm learning about this, I decided to do the layout and just do a simple journal. And then I designed the cover. I did all of this myself. I've never done anything like this before. And I submitted it. And now it's on Amazon. So if you want my journal, it's an eight and a half by 11 journal. So it's big. And it just has a cover. Just, you know, has my name on it. Inside, line papers, where a date where you can date what you're doing and just go through. That journal should last you years because my journal that I have was the same size. And it just now filled up after 13 years. It just now filled up. And what was really strange is I found a journal not terribly long ago. This is what kind of gave me the idea. I found the journal from my other house that I lived in before, the one that the you know, last Mrs. Crows and her husband live in now. And I had all of that journal with all of that information in great detail about, you know, a Norfolk Island pine that was in the front yard that we had removed and all of this and all of the landscaping that was done when I bought that house and out of the changes and the decks and everything. I just, I kept rather meticulous, you know, records on all of that so that I knew what was happening. And it was always a good thing to go back to. So, you know, I, when this journal filled up, I said, I'm going to go buy a journal. I said, no, I'm going to create a journal. So that's what I did. I created a journal. And now if you want the Ask the Garden Geek Garden Journal, go to Amazon. This is going to be the easiest way to do it. Go to Amazon and type in Michael Kroos. And what will pop up is a, is a Kindle book I did with Truman Burst and that you can buy for 99 cents. Eh. Um, I'd like to take that off of there. And you will find the Ask the Garden Geek Journal. And you can buy it. It's a, you know, it, it's a soft cover book. It's got, you know, the nice design that I did on it. And you can have your very own 
garden journal. How's that? How is that? I don't even have one yet. It just became live. So I ordered some copies for myself. I don't have them yet. I had to pay for them. Uh, but, uh, I put, but I put it out there. If you would like a garden journal, just go there and get it and start journaling about your garden, about your landscape, about everything. Or if you don't want to do that, you can take the Aztec Garden Geek Garden Journal and journal about your personal life. And everybody will think, oh, it's a gardening thing. How boring. And you can just write all your personal stuff on there and nobody will probably look at it, you know, until you die. Then they'll dig it up and they'll find it and then they'll, they'll look at it. That's what they're going to do. So anyway, that's about this edition of Ask the Garden Geek, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. This was just kind of fun. Uh when I do this again, which will be next week, I've just decided the radio show is going to be separate. I'm going to make a separate podcast every week. And next week is going to be, and you, you know, my loyal listeners have heard it, but uh, you will hear me talking about fertilizer, my fertilizer seminar, uh, which I do when I speak you know, in public, I, I have a fertilizer talk, and I've never been able to give the whole talk on radio because I'm, you know, time constraints and all that. And I'm not going to drag out the whole talk on the podcast next week, but I am going to give you a longer than what you've ever heard before version of my fertilizer because as we are now starting to get towards fall, it is important that we get ready to fertilize. Yeah, I mean, September's right around the corner. Depending upon where you live, it's going to be time for that first fertilization, both of your lawn and of your landscape and all of that. So, and my fertilizer is geared around soil. So that, you know, keep that in mind. But I will go into great detail about fertilizer next week. I hope you are having a terrific week. And I hope you go out and buy my journal. And, I, and you know what? If you left a nice review... That'd be great. That'd just be phenomenal. So please do that, if you will, or, you know, if you, if you want to. That would be, that would be wonderful. Uh, you, just, you guys just go have a great gardening day.